This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Andrew here. If you are overdue on adding another podcast to your listening queue, then I'd highly recommend checking out Missing Pages, the chart-topping and Signal Award-winning podcast produced by The Podglomerate. While Missing Pages just returned for a brand new season, it has already received high praise from The Guardian, The Washington Post, and Podcast Review, just to name a few. On this new season, host and acclaimed literary critic Beth Ann Patrick investigates the publishing industry's hot-button topics with the help of special guests like Publishers Weekly's Jim Milliot and Slate columnist Laura Miller. Looking for somewhere to start? I'd recommend listening to their brand new Band Books series, which features a special interview with New York Times best-selling author Jody Pico on her own experience with book banning. They also take a step back to look at the current state of book banning in America, unpacking the question, is there more nuance to book censorship than is at the surface? I don't know. We'll have to listen and find out. So go ahead, listen to Missing Pages on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite listening app. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. Beep boop. My name is Andrew. I, does not compute. I'm a podcast bot. I'm here to podcast and be a robot. Who would build such a thing? What would the use case for that? <laughs> I think think of the think of the middle aged white men that you're putting out of work by inventing a podcasting bot. Where do I go? to protest that like if i'm not like a truck driver where i just like pull my truck over in the highway you know uh-huh like do i lay down in front of the internet tubes to prevent I think the we just go from getting out on a, we go on a podcasting strike oh boy the, I, the squarespace folds within like two weeks <laughs> if the pod if the podcast stop flowing then think of think of all the <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the podcast-friendly advertisers who will go belly up instantly. Think of all the dishes that won't get washed when people have nothing to listen to. Yeah, the commutes that you'll, well, you're going to listen to 99.7 The Blitz, people. Oh, Central Ohio's hard rockin' radio station that I found out on a recent trip is still rockin'. Yeah. It was the only radio station I could remember the number of, and so I turned there, and they're still still going. People on the train who used to chuckle quietly to themselves, just staring at each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. I don't want to know. Welcome to our book <laughs> podcast, where each week one of us reads a book and tells the other person about it. Andrew, which book did you read this week? I read All Systems Read by Martha Wells. It's the first novella book whatever you want to call it yeah. in the in the murder bot diary series uh, i think we yeah. can call it a novella it won an award in a novella category so oh, i see all right and awards people are famously good at categorizing things you know i i think it's probably also categorized as a novella by its publishers is this, is this book a comedy because it's short and then if it were longer it would be a drama like <laughs> yeah well whoops is this book a comedy or a musical uh -huh. um this is a i'm excited to hear about this book uh when we announced oh we've we'd gotten multiple messages about this series um and then at some point we mentioned that we were doing it and uh people were pumped our Discord, yes, was was pretty active about it. Now, now I will say, I don't know that we or Patreon 
have a lot of safeguards in place to screen out murder bots mm. from donating to the show. So it's possible that we've got a Discord full of murder bots <laughs> and they're just excited for murder bot representation. I don't know, but you have you always have to consider this possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to hear about this series that seems to have like taken a corner of the sci-fi loving world by storm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not Martha Wells's first rodeo space rodeo mm-hmm. um she was born riding, in 19- on, riding on the robot bull <laughs> she was on the moon in, what if a robot bull was powered by ai mm-hmm. think about it mm-hmm. that All was right, the ahead. space for you to think about it <laughs> i am i'm just i'm thinking about it silently <laughs> okay great she was born in 1964 <laughs> in fort worth texas um in a couple interviews about her childhood she talks about just growing up loving sci-fi fantasy, you know, reading books in the late 60s and 70s and finding more interesting female characters in the sci-fi that was available at the time uh, and in the fantasy as well. And she went to college at Texas A&M and credits their, uh, like, convention culture with continuing to spur her interest in fandom. She was the chairman of... Or the chairperson of AggieCon in 1986. Aggies is the Aggies. That's the name of like people who love agates. No, the, it's the, the Texas A and M thing. Oh, okay. They're the Aggies. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for. Mm-hmm. If it stands for anything, mm-hmm. um, but that's if you like are a fan of A and M. We're gonna get some football emails. Um, eh, it's fine. Uh, people watch football that aren't smart enough to use email. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Go birds. Uh, <laughs> it's a big student-run genre convention. Um, I believe the year that she was the chair, George R. R. Martin was like a honor, was like a panelist or honoree or something, like mm-hmm. in the in the late eighties, mid to late eighties. So just fill, filling his time with anything but writing. Even then, ayo, uh, nobody's safe for me today. Busting shops. <laughs> Bookending her career in 2022, she was named to the Texas Literary Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. So her early novels, uh, 1993, Element of Fire, 1995, City of Bones. Uh, and she started writing fantasy instead of sci-fi because she said that she loved like Star Wars stuff, but not hard sci-fi. Like kind of like mean she space started opera. writing sci-fi instead of fantasy she, or which... she started with fantasy not sci-fi because right, okay. she liked space opera e stuff mm-hmm. and didn't want to get the the hard sci-fi thing didn't want to do a larry niven sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. um she writes this book called death of the necromancer that is one of the first works set in her fantasy world of ilrien she has written several books there she also wrote some uh branded like stargate and star wars novels um, in other interviews, she's talked about enjoying fan fiction in those universes as well, because sometimes you just want to go back to a particular story and, and enjoy yourself there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, her career is trucking along, uh, but I was wondering, like, with given how big this series seems to be, it's one, you know, we'll talk about the multiple Hugo and Nebula awards and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, why I had not heard of her before, mm-hmm. uh, which always happens. We can always cover people we've never heard of sometimes. Uh, that's a weird sentence. Always sometimes. <laughs> but uh, there's an interview I found 
uh, where she talked about in the 2000s, she had trouble with her publisher, uh, Avon Eos. It was sold to HarperCollins, and then her stuff wasn't selling well enough at the time, so HarperCollins dropped her. And then it mm-hmm. took her a while before she got a new agent um, that got her book, The Cloud Roads, published in 2011. And so, like, and that's part of the Rexurus series. So I think there's, like, just this period in the aughts where her stuff is not hitting. She's going through publisher crises, things like that. And then this stuff starts popping off. So she's working on the Rexurus series, and then she's wrapping it up, and she said she had an idea for Murderbot. Quote, it was kind of, I've heard them called attack novels or attack ideas, she said. This overpowering idea that you want to write it right then. So I was just going to jot down some notes on what the story's plot was because I still needed to finish that other book, but ended up writing five pages of all systems read. And then That's an interesting to, to describe an attack, yeah. a, like an attack book as a way that you had the idea and not the genre of book that it is. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go, go. Sorry, go on. Um, and it gets picked up, I believe, I guess, were they all published by Tor.com? That I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but Tor.com, which started It in, does look like Tor Books is still publishing yeah, everything. I don't yeah. know what the difference between Tor.com and Tor Books is. Well, but Tor's, they published The Wheel of Time. They've been around forever. So Tor.com is an imprint of theirs that started in 2014, mm-hmm. and it is about, uh, like, they do focus on some shorter stuff um, and stuff that kind of pumps out at this quicker rate, might be a little easier to dip into. Mm-hmm. Um, another author, um, Nadia Korfor and her Binti series has been very successful under Tor.com, and so these two, both Murderbot and the Binti series, are, like, trumpeted as, like, part of their success stories and she I says tour, tour.com also has like a lot of blogging and so like yep, it's yep. it's a big it's a big umbrella yeah. um because when i think of tour books i think of like branded D books i think of like a, a like a sort of he-man looking oil yeah. painting looking guy on the cover <laughs> of a book holding a sword Yes. And it's like book four of seven in a series that the author is never going to fit. I think tour.com <laughs> is their like online sun imprint. Like it's, you know, it's younger, mm-hmm. it's hipper, it knows mm-hmm. what TikTok is, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she says each of these novellas takes about three months. Woof. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my, so w- what do you know about the, like the public, because all, what I know is, mm-hmm. so you got All Systems Red, and then you got three other novellas that all come out in 2018. Correct. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, Artificial boom, boom. Condition, Rogue Protocol, and Exit Strategy. Yep. These four together are all kind of one story chunk. Yep. So I will say that I did. I read all systems read. People in the Discord mentioned the thing about the first four stories all kind of being one chunk, and so I did also manage to read the second one, Artificial Condition. Cool. Just to okay. Like give myself a little bit more to to talk about because these are very short. Great. Um, it's not that there isn't stuff to talk about. It's just like a lot of a lot of what you're there for is just to like read murderbot thinking murderbot thoughts yes yeah, <laughs> so, totally yes um and then so uh network effect which comes out in 2020 is billed as the first like novel mm-hmm. of the series mm-hmm. um and then fugitive telemetry 2021 system collapse in 2023 
both come out. There are also other short stories that fill in gaps in yep. the chronology, including a prequel uh, called Compulsory. And I think um, the first those fir- those three proper novels uh, were part of like a big deal, or at least Fugitive Telemetry and System Collapse are like part of this big like six book contract that she signed uh, with Tor after the success of the early Murderbot books. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, she's there's more of these coming. Like she's mm-hmm. not done. She doesn't yeah. know. Th- what did she say? She's somebody asked her if she had a total nur- Murderbot ending planned out. And she said, I'm better at dealing with the story in small increments and building it like SimCity, starting with something really tiny and just adding things on. She's not. I mean, you know how SimCity can go south. (laughs) (laughs) That's the fun, though, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, She also said when she started writing it in 2016, uh, quote, you know, all the stuff was happening. I don't know what she's talking about. Quote, I was thinking, well, if I was a semi-mechanical being that's connected to all this stuff, it's like all I do, she meant, like, media and things. You could go out and kill people and rampage, or you could just sit here and watch TV for thousands of hours, which seemed to speak to where she was and where many of us were in the world. Once again, in, the, in 2016, I'm not sure what you could be talking about. All the stuff is all she said. I don't really, mm-hmm. okay. I don't have any more specific notes here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, you know, flip through your calendar, see what you were doing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, she <laughs> credits the success of the series to two different things. Um, the kind of right place, right time, right publisher angle. Just people were ready for it. And then Murderbot's specific feelings and issues, anxiety and depression, aren't generalized, she says. They're very specific to Murderbot. And that actually makes it easier to relate to them. And, and people seem interested in that. I have some other takes from reviews, but those are her own words. Um, and yeah, one, the first book, this one, also some re- All Systems Red, uh, the Nebula and Hugo and the ALA Alex Award in 2018. Uh, she won the another Hugo for Artificial Condition. She declined to be nominated for the other two novellas she published that year, <laughs> even though they all would have been. <laughs> Oops. Which is a big flex. Is that an equivalent of stuffing the ballot box, though? A bit. <laughs> uh, or are you just, or maybe you're splitting your own vote and making it so she that might have lost. Win. Yeah, it was probably yeah. a smart idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2021, it won the Hugo for best series, which is not a Hugo I knew existed and apparently only started existing in like 2017. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, of all the genres, not to not to acknowledge the existence of serieses, you know. Yeah, it took a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then she has a new book that just came out this year. It's her first fantasy book in like ten years called the Wit called Witch King. Um, so if you like her Wait, stuff, Witch King, Wit. If you like her stuff, <laughs> uh, but you want kind of a different flavor, you can go check that out. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that got me. I wasn't ready for that one. Thank you. Yeah, you're really you looked really mad for a sec. <laughs> uh and she oh, I also say she name checks the Ancillary Justice series, which we've done the first book of as another book that talks about AI as like has AI as a character that isn't just a, like a Pinocchio what if I was human story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and kind of acknowledges the fact that some sort of consciousness coming out of ai would would be multi-layered and have a, kind of a different experience of reality than than just what if i could be a, f- a fleshy being that aged and died 
Yeah, right. Like not doing Lieutenant Commander Data from Star Trek yes. where your only aspiration is to become more human. Yeah. It's just like, what if I also wanted to be sentient but to do my own thing? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? Yeah. Just want to be sentient, do our own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a quick break, Andrew, then you can tell me more about Murderbot. All right, Rad. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Andrew, you don't need to be a sentient murder bot just trying to do its own thing to know that the holidays can be a rough time of year. <laughs> I know. I guess I guess I don't. You don't. You're right. At a baseline, whether or not you are a computer, there's a lot of stresses just getting through the season. You're dealing with family. You're making time around work. Mm-hmm. Um, new stuff can crop up and throw you off your plan, and then that causes stress and anxiety. Uh, therapy can be a bright spot amid all of this stress, something to keep you grounded while navigating the end of the year. And I think therapy is a great tool uh, for talking through what you need and, and kind of what you expect so that you can set some boundaries. And then if life throws you a curveball, you you have a plan um, or at least can feel better equipped to make one on the spot. Um, sometimes all you need to know uh, to know how to move forward is someone listening while you think through the problem at hand. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Conveniently, it's all online and can be suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com overdue today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash overdue. Craig, we all use bots in our day-to-day lives. I but- wouldn't admit that before a court of law but maybe i do <laughs> and some you know sometimes you need one that'll murder stuff a murder bot if you will again and and sometimes you need cool robots that will help you build a website please which is why I, i'm excited about this this week's podcast which is brought to you by squarespace tell me more about the website bots and not the murder bots squarespace is a cool team of like robots and or humans who <laughs> helps you make a website yeah that looks really great and you look great doing it because you are not sweating all the HTML and CSS and all the other junk that you normally need to know how to do to do a good website. <laughs> Here's some things that we like about Squarespace. Craig. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, I hope that your murder bot is waterproof because here it comes. It's the fluid engine. At first <laughs> I was... Gen- I was sweating. I was sweating bullets of HTML, and now I realize it's the Fluid Engine. It's the Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace. It's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Even murder bots can do it. Ooh! Start with a best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. Ooh! Craig, you've also got blogging tools to, to help you share stories, photos, videos, and updates. Categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. Use insights from built-in analytics tools also to grow your business. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Craig, you don't have to be a murder bot to take advantage of this deal. You go to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Andrew, 
Yes. What is parentheses uh close parentheses Murderbot? Mm-hmm. So Murderbot is a particular robot. Okay, it's not a type of robot. It's not, well, so Murderbot is a is a type of robot. It's a type of robot called a sec unit mm. or security unit. Okay. Because it this does this that thing that sci-fi books do sometimes where you oh is it intercapped short yeah it's intercapped yes. you shorten a couple of words Check. you intercap it suddenly it's the future or an alternate world I okay. don't know but uh, Murderbot is a sec unit sec units are owned by a company who is usually just called the, it's usually just called the, the company okay uh, and they are rented out to people who need security it's you, you can be exploring other planets on a research mission as the people in this book are doing uh you can be doing all kinds of stuff you get sec units rented out to you uh you that they, they kind of sort of look human ish okay they have like a sort of a composite like human face oh that they all have but usually they have like a little a visor that goes down over it um, and people usually humans are not super comfortable around these sec units. It's a little bit of uncanny valley. It's a little bit of, I'm afraid the sec unit will murder me. Yeah. Uh, Murderbot is a sec unit who has uh, hacked its governor chip, governor module. Okay. The, the thing that is in all the sec units that makes them take orders from the company or from whoever is. Like renting them out from the company. I dig it. So freedom. Uh, freedom kind of, but also like usually trying to hide out and continue acting as though their governor module is working. Mm, okay. So that, that mainly what Murderbot wants to do is sit around in its like little cube, like recharge repair cubicle and watch like TV <laughs> mostly. <laughs> How is, wait, what kind of TV, how is, I, okay. A lot of it is kind of soap opera-y okay. stuff. <laughs> cool. Um, the, but, the, but it does have sort of a, a wide ranging taste. It knows how sec units are portrayed in human, or oh. like, you know, humanoid media. Because that would be a thing. Of course, that's so smart. Yeah, okay. And usually the, usually the sec units are like murderous. They're either there as just like evil props. I don't know. Think about like. I mean, they're not putties, but like, yeah, you know, maybe those like stupid droids from Phantom Menace. Well, yeah, but like more, more murderous. I'm thinking of. Um, <laughs> I don't. We haven't never read the iRobot stuff for the show, but I'm thinking of the Will Smith film iRobot, and like all of those robots mm-hmm. that those like kind of pr- those Apple iMac men. Yes, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was a very specific <laughs> aesthetic. That. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mur- Murderbot watches a lot of TV understands how sec units are portrayed and and perceived. Okay. And sort of in, has a lot of internalized anxiety. There's a line in the second one actually. Uh when constructs were first developed, they were originally supposed to have a pre-sentient level of intelligence like the dumber variety of bot, but you can't put something as dumb as a holler bot in charge of security for anything without spending even more money for expensive company employed human supervisors, so they made us smarter. The anxiety and depression were side effects. Huh. This is an anxious robot, Craig. Okay. I a feel robot like anxious who's, robots who worries about how it's perceived. Yeah. People like anxious robots. I have not I can't think of a story where a you know, like a C like a C3PO type. 
a little bit of it. Well, most people don't like C-3PO. They like that he's <laughs> funny and a, a, a ninny. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I, I guess R2 isn't that anxious. He's actually just very chatty. R2's a sociopath. Yeah, and what I like the <laughs> the robot from Andor. I'm just thinking R2's about like Star a, a Wars. fun sociopath. Yes, yes. R2 doesn't understand feelings. Um, mm-hmm. The one on Andor was just like a really lovable dog. Um, yeah, maybe there aren't as many likable, anxious. Maybe that's why Murderbot's so fresh. Mm-hmm. Is that it's anxiety? An I think yeah, like an anxious, like aggressively asexual robot. I can imagine that appealing to a big like swath of people who for whatever reason in the year 2017 needed to feel seen well and what you mentioned about um murderbot having to hide its like freedom right Mm -hmm. and it's like its identity as a free robot uh jason sheehan writing for npr generally praising the book um says there are subtexts to be read into murderbot that its experience is a coming out narrative, that it mirrors the lives of trans people, immigrants, those on the autism spectrum, anyone who feels the need to hide some essential part of themselves from a population that either threatens or can't possibly understand them or both. I think uh, that, yeah, I think that's right. Like there, there's a lot of um, like non-specific specificity yeah, to, to Murderbot yes. and the way that the, it, that it worries about being perceived. Pronouns are tricky. It's, it's, I'm going to use probably it and they interchangeably. Um, I've I've read it. And I've read a lot of reviews where people are like, I catch myself saying she, but I that's just yeah, because I think, like I think I'm like, a she and I like Murderbot. I think the human face is meant to be like vaguely female presenting. Interesting. That's I, no, I don't I don't think that she. I mean, she is never canonically used, and yeah, I don't I don't okay. think it's right. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I don't have any gender or sex-related parts. If a construct has those, you're a sex bot in a brothel, not a murder bot. So maybe that's why I find sex scenes boring, though I think that even if I did have sex-related parts, I would find them boring. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> what uh, Murderbot likes the soap operas? Do you Murderbot have a sense of what the, Murderbot likes? Murderbot likes the soap operas. I'd, it's... You, it's it's hard to really nail down why exactly Murderbot likes the the soap operas. I think it's sort of seeking a, a sense of connection with with humans without necessarily thinking all the time. Oh, I aspire to be human. You know sure, I mean? sure, mm-hmm. and not and what not wanting to like go out into society and pretend to be human, like not right, dress because, up as a human or something. Yeah. Cause again, in the second one, there's a lot of interesting stuff where Murderbot is, is considering what it is to like go out and try to pass as an augmented human. Oh, as it kind of sort of could with cool. Its, like, okay. It's mask off. Um, and, Having to write like a you know like a little code subroutine thing for like yeah. nervous fidgeting sure. and like <laughs> making sure that you're reacting to things correctly and making sure that you're not walking like every other sec unit walks because yeah. anybody who'd ever worked with a sec unit would sort of know the difference between you and, a, and an actual human. Just thinking of all the little little odds and ends that that humans do subconsciously. That what yeah. there was another. Um, I think this was Andrew Liptak writing about the series. He he, if you want to read some interviews with her, just Google Andrew Liptak 
Murderbot. He's interviewed her a few times. Martha Wells, not Murderbot. Um, I don't think he's interviewed Murderbot. Um, I don't think Murderbot would go for an interview. <laughs> uh, what Liptek says, it's a fun read. What's most promising about this novella, this is referring to uh, All Systems Red, mm-hmm. is that it feels like a tiny step into a much larger universe. That's, there's elements of hard sci-fi in its world building, cool robots, space incorporation intrigue, and an ending that signals there's more to come. I flag that because like, I've asked a few questions, and I do want to know what happens in the first book. But it's been fun to hear you be like, yeah, there's a, actually a cool answer for that in book two. Like, it just seems like sh- Wells naturally was like, oh, yeah, what's an interesting next thing? It'll be mm-hmm. a book in the next book. Like, just feels like it's paced well how she's building out the world. Yeah, yeah, it's it's doled out pretty pretty well, I think. Because you e- each of the books is a little sort of self-contained episode the first the first one is more of a mystery the second one is more of an action thing. okay cool i mean there it, and, and it, the second one also feels more like it is a second thing and we've talked a lot about the challenges of yeah, doing like yes. middle middle things in a planned thing. trilogy or, <laughs> how, or however long however many <laughs> books it is yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah but especially the second one where like the first one always feels sort of more self-contained, like it could stop at the end of the first one and still be its own thing and just mm-hmm. like leaves the possibilities open. The second one always has to kind of give you more, but kind of feel a little contrived because it also has to be setting stuff up for the third one. Like it's hard to do one that's satisfying. So the, the second one, like the the story, I think is a little bit less interesting, but there's still a lot of good like character and world building stuff cool. that's happening. So. And they're and they're both so like they take like an hour and a bit to read like they're they're both so light that it's hard to get mad at them about much. I don't think I realized that it's the series started with four like completely like quickly digestible novellas when I saw people talking about like I love all these books I'm like wow mm-hmm. that's a lot of books oh yeah. and you're just like so, <laughs> I saw a review that that called them like. Uh, overstuffed appetizers like an appetizer you might order for a meal you know yeah. like mm-hmm. um, all right tell me what what is the setup of this book from a well, what is going on and what happens to murderbot so we learn about murderbot's hacked governor module cool. yeah uh, the scene that opens this book is that murderbot is with this team of people on this sort of uncharted planet they're they're there for like vague scientific reasons like a scientific expedition. Okay. Think about any any Star Trek episode, basically, sure. where they're just on a planet tooling around, and then they meet aliens who aren't supposed to be there. Yeah, I'm I'm playing a board game, and the card says go down on the planet and do science, and then something mm-hmm. else happens. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So they they are doing they're doing the science on this planet. One of the the human members of this team. So they they've. Like rent, they they've rented a bunch of equipment from the company. It's like a you know like a habitat unit and a, and a sec unit and a bunch of other stuff. The, the the company is there is a critique of capitalism here a little bit. It's okay. not what the book is like mainly trying to do. But the company, you know, every company in a sci fi property is some like Wayland Yutani. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Like yeah, ab- yeah. like evil like absolutely overtly evil organization (laughs) (laughs) that is like planting alien eggs in people's chests or whatever. Um, The, the company in Murderbot is evil in the utterly mundane way that 
all companies are evil. Oh, in cool. Our, in our current moment. It's the kind of evil that leads to, uh, I don't know, let's, let's call out Welch's for... <laughs> Putting in 0.8 ounces of fruit snacks in their little bags of fruit snacks instead of 0.9 ounces, which is the thing that they started doing within the last year. Just like evil in the cheap, gotta save a buck. If they do anything nice, it's because they're covering their own butts, not because they care about you kind of way. You know? I'm just Welch's, sorry. Welch's fruit snacks. Yeah, sorry, Andrew. Sure. I just had that, that sound was not me laughing. It was me uh, quietly shredding our ad contract with Welch's. <laughs> Listen, Welch's, we buy your fruit snacks because they're the only ones that have like vitamins. Oh, yeah. That's how they get you. <laughs> yeah, that's how they get you is because they actually have vitamins. But then 0.8 ounces says 0.9. Boy, I hope you fat cats are raking in the bucks the, over that. The that thing move. that makes you know a corporation evil is that it doesn't have emotions or, or even anxiety like murderbot does it purely has self-interest like the people who are running it have to be sufficiently separated from the people that the, their products are serving yeah that they can kind of make decisions that are wholly independent of what their yeah. what their users want if yeah. they really want to mm-hmm. um so yeah, the, the the company just kind of nickels and dimes people. Murderbot talks a couple times about the education modules because a sec unit is a it's, it's a cyborg basically. It's like it's a it's a combination of machine parts that can be repaired and like organic parts that need to be there to like you know regulate certain functions and to help it be sentient and and that, oh neat that kind okay of thing. I dig that. Um, so, you know, you wouldn't you're not just uploading a, a an EPUB file into the murder bot's brain to to train it like they do have. They are educated in, in ways. And Murderbot talks multiple times about how like cheap and crappy all the education modules for sec units are, oh, especially no. as corresponds to things that are not security. Like a sec unit is trained basically to just like throw itself at you but like okay. to have absolutely no self-preservation instinct not necessarily to be a like James Bondy sort of kill you with finesse kind of thing but just to like come at you swing in so hard that you don't have time to respond to it yes because if you're fighting another living thing that has a self-preservation instinct you might like anticipate it will behave a certain way and what if the robot didn't care i mean that's why some zombies it, are tough to fight some of it's also like hammer versus scalpel thing like, well yes, like you, you're, yes, you get yes. trained to be a hammer because it's easier to train you to do that than to to train you to be a scalpel okay uh, but yeah it talks about how all the education modules are cheap and how a lot of what they've learned about human interactions they've actually learned from watching like soap operas and tv shows <laughs> instead of <laughs> There are never it's never played for laughs in a way that it is sometimes in like the, the movie Galaxy Quest to just okay. like bring another reference yeah, in, yeah, yeah. into this. Do you ever watch the movie Galaxy Quest? I have seen Galaxy Quest, yes. Galaxy Quest is a good flick. I know it hits a, I it hits different if you are Star Trek pilled. And it's I'm a, not it's Star canonically Trek-pilled. it's canonically a Star Trek movie. But I my, do in my estimation. Oh, I know this. And I do appreciate it and I've had a good time watching it. Um, but yes, it's a, yes, good flick. And I, I welcome the reference, but yeah, there's never a a joke like there, there is in that about 
murder bot like having any hilarious misunderstandings because they think that something is happening the way it happened on a TV show. Okay, like sure. that joke in Galaxy Quest where somebody talks about, well, you don't think Gilligan's Island is real, right? And one of the aliens is like, oh, those poor people. <laughs> So Murderbot <laughs> does know it's all pretend. Yeah, okay. Murderbot knows it's pretend, but does like understand things about some kinds of like group interactions from watching. Yeah, from That's from why like we augmenting like our their yeah from from augmenting their bad cheap education with stuff from TV. Sure, sure, sure. Which sure. here in America is kind of how you have to do it. Well, listen, <laughs> there's yeah. What this is revealing, I think. The depth of this book, and even as much as it is a punchy little story about a robot, mm-hmm. uh, she's sneaking a lot of fun stuff along yeah. the way. So the member, so this is still the beginning of the story. But yeah, great. No, that's fine. It's not a long <laughs> one. We got time. Uh, a member of the scientific ex- expedition is attacked by some like alien monster thing. It's just kind of chomped by like a big prom by a chomper kind of yeah. looking thing. Yeah, a big chomper. And Murderbot saves them ignores a couple of little commands that it got from its sort of central computer system Ooh. just like just like little ones not ones that anybody would really notice but like it's it's meant to tell you the reader hey this this bot is kind of acting yeah okay even as it fulfills its own function and then you find out later that Murderbot was like as as it helped the injured scientist to safety sort of like asking about the guy's family and like doing sort of empathetic things, <laughs> things sure. that, that Murderbot didn't really doesn't really remember doing because it had also been hurt in this and needed to like power down to huh. be repaired and, and recharged. Uh, but in, in a way that's like triggered a the, the, the people who Murderbot is with on this expedition are from a world where sufficiently advanced like robots and AI are recognized as sentient mostly though they are still uh they, they do still have to have like human uh guardians okay but they're more primed to see this bot as a person than Great. a lot of other people would be sure 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 especially once the the like, helmet goes up as it does a couple of times cool cool i like that the that even in a book this small or this book, this like slim rather, uh, that that type of like difference in culture is afforded for. Obviously, it's going to move the plot along, mm-hmm. but it could just as easily be kind of a mono culture with the company. That's smart. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So th- there are a bunch of members of this of the survey team. We won't really talk about any of them in, in any depth because it's all like all of this They're is from Murderbot's Murder POV. Don't tell me about them. I think I think if you read more of the books like uh there's a woman named dr mensa who is the leader of this expedition oh, who, that sounds who familiar, yeah. comes back and, and becomes more of a more of a personality but um we'll we'll mostly allied over that for purposes of, the, of this discussion i think okay but um so th- there are this this alien thing that attacked them was like not supposed to be there it was not it was not in the pre-briefing material that had been given to them and it's in the it's weird that it's not there because the company is cheap and the company cuts corners but the company is also afraid of being liable for anything so it's Mm. not really in its interest to actively hide or like do a sloppy job with respect to person eating alien beings you know yeah yeah 
So they're on this planet with another team that has also rented equipment from the same company. Um, and they have lost contact with this, this other team of people. And so they fly a, you know, they fly over there to, to check them out. And there's a, there's another like minor equipment failure in, in the same kind of way where, yeah, yeah, where Murderbot got like a weird signal, like during the, during the first thing that went down, like there's, there's just a point where the autopilot fails for some reason. Okay. Um, And they, they get to the other camp and all their sec units have been like, everybody's dead. All their sec units have been like hacked by something and are just trying to like kill everybody instead of like protecting everybody. Oh, and they, it's, it's, it becomes a, a, not a who done it, but like, why is this happening? Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, why did it is what they call yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Where, where it's, it can't be the company because it's not in the company's interest for a bunch of people to die while like on contract for them yeah, while, be bad. Know, while engaged with them. Um, while, while this is all happening, just the way that Murderbot is behaving and the the way that these people are primed to see per, to to you know interpret sentient behavior as like oh this this thing is a person this thing has personhood <laughs> is an individual um they figure out that murderbot has a compromised governor module but the things that murderbot has done so far to like protect them and like give them a heads up on things means that it doesn't mean them any harm. Like it's, it's fine that yes. like it, some of the, some of them have more trouble trusting Murderbot than, than others. But the, like as a whole, the group is kind of inclined to see this sec unit with a hacked governor module as a sentient being who can be part of the team. Well, the, the hacking of the module could be seen as like a, a element of personhood, Whereas, you know, a different culture would be like, well, kill it. It's broken. Well, and this is this is where the TV thing is. And you you mentioned it being smart and it is smart in this in this way. Like, you know, a rogue sec unit on TV is not. Is not a cool like Terminator 2 Terminator. It's a murderous Terminator 1 Terminator. Yeah. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. It's a a bad robot. Yeah. It's like it's like J.J. Abrams. It's a bad robot. (laughs) Go to the Lost Island. Get away. You're banished to hang out there with Desmond. No. That's... God. I made you mad a bunch of times this episode. This is a good episode. I'm going to become a murderer. Well, yeah, okay, this is neat. I like all of the... Well, And so, like, the very thing that Murderbot has to hide is the thing that is, like, helping them be safe. Mm-hmm. Like Murderbot's freedom and and personality and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So the rest of the rest of the book is just kind of sussing out. Okay, there's a we figured that there is a third group here that nobody was told about, and they are trying to sabotage everyone for question mark reason. Yep. And we need to stay ahead of them. And also fight past our cheap and semi-malfunctioning equipment to get a signal out to the company. Because once the company realizes that we've been cut off and, and they know what happens, like they, they know what has happened, they will send people out and there will be a big investigation. And like the people who are responsible for the bad stuff happening will, will be 
punished for it's the, very the optimistic, stuff that but yes, yeah. okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like that, that's that is basically how it how it goes down. Okay. Uh, there are a couple of good action sequences in here. I think that. What does Murderbot do in an action sequence? Murderbot has like is a little Mega Man ish, like yes. you know, and like built in energy weapons and Great. stuff. Um, but like I mentioned, there's the lack of a self-preservation instinct. You just kind of go in swinging and shooting. Yeah. And there, there's like an element of strategy to it. There, there is an, there's an element of danger to, cause, cause I'd said that the sec units in that other camp had been like compromised in some way. The murder bots got like a data, like a USB port in their neck and you can plug in a bad USB stick. Oh no. And override their code and make them like like murderous and bad. This like, is why you don't pick up USBs in parking lots. This is yes, what I've right. been told yeah, in every be IT there might, be, there might be malware on there. That one, that thing is a real security threat. The thing <laughs> where people tell you not to plug into a USB what port at an airport. That? To, that's not. It's called juice jacking. It's not real. <laughs> it's never actually happened to anybody. Okay. But it's called juice jacking, and it's that's the most hilarious name for a potential security exploit that I'm exists. I'm glad someone's on the record telling me that juice jacking's not real. No, you can read about it on Ars Technica. Juice jacking is a hoax. It's not real. It's security theater. Don't don't worry about it. Okay, good. I'm not uh, mad anymore. I learned a lesson. <laughs> you learned about juice jacking. Juice jacking is what happens at daycare when you steal another kid's juice. Ooh, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's not mm. what happens on a plane when you use a USB charger. <laughs> Murderbot's doing action. It's 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 actioning. Okay. It's fast. Uh, Murderbot. There's a there's a bit in there where Murderbot is getting beat up and like keeps blinking in and out of like consciousness, and so you do get to yada 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 to borrow a Craig Craigian phrase. I made it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, over over parts of the action sequence, but I okay. think it's effectively handled. In the end, or at least you know, I haven't read books three and four of this four book cycle, but in the end, the the bad people are apprehended. Okay, and everybody gets to go home. Uh, Doctor Mensa buys murderbot from the company huh. which is which is allowed but it's weird like it doesn't happen <laughs> sure um and and everybody is very like oh you can now you can be you can be free you can do whatever you want um eventually th- this is from the book eventually things settled down and they had dinner brought in mensa came and talked to me some more about preservation what my options would be there how i would stay with her until i knew what i wanted it was pretty much what i'd already figured from what Rothy had told me, you'd be my guardian, I said. Yes, she was glad I understood. There are so many education opportunities. You can do anything you want. Guardian was a nicer word than owner. Hmm. So Murderbot, knowing that, not really knowing what it wants, really, except to watch TV and be left alone. Listen. There, there are also some seeds of like of a bigger plot thing where this mur- like the reason Murderbot has a hacked governor module is that they were involved in this weird like mining accident okay. where they killed like 50 people oh and the incident was sort of erased from the from the public record this is a thing that the second novella starts to pick apart a little bit more I dig, but I dig. like that's the the breadcrumbs that you get that yeah. make you want to keep reading more about stuff cool 
Uh, but you know, Murderbot is Murderbot's technically free. Um, like not not company property anymore, so the company's not going to be tracking it. Yeah. Uh, so Murderbot leaves. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know what I want. I said that at some point, I think, but it isn't that. It's that I don't want anyone to tell me what I want or to make decisions for me. That's why I left you, Dr. Mensa, my favorite human. By the time you get this, I'll be leaving Corporation Rim out of inventory and out of sight. Murderbot end message. That's the end of the book. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So now Murderbot's out and about and doing its own thing. And that's that's book two. In book two, you meet like Murderbot meets a big friendly ship that also has like a sort of an AI brain. Dig it, dig it. And they, yeah. And they kind of become friends and partners a little bit. I like that rather than meets another murder bot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Huh? Here's some reviews real quick to respond to Andrew. They come from a website. They have stars. Mm -hmm. Can you guess what they are? I know. I don't know. Can you tell me? Are they, are they three-star Goodreads reviews? The first one is a three-star Goodreads review that I have oh, for good. you, yes. Three-star Goodreads reviews. Okay. Uh, Petrick says... Pe- well, excuse me, Petrick? Petrick <laughs> says, I love Murderbot's awkward interaction with humans and how much it wants to only binge-watch TV series. However, the rest of the book, plot characters world-building... Didn't really catch my interest. I thought the novella to be quite overrated. Overall, though, if you're looking for a short read, finish the book in under 90 minutes, and something lighthearted, I think you'll like Murderbots. Mm-hmm. Do you... Basically, I, I pulled that one because it just seemed to ding it for being a novella. Yeah, I think what... And a reason I'm glad I read the second one, because my my impression of the first one was was good. Like I enjoyed just reading and finishing the first one. I did feel the need to read a second one to make sure that we could fill an hour worth of podcast talking about it. Yeah. So it does feel a little slight in that way. So I kind of see what, what, what they're talking about. Sure. On the other hand, like I, I actually am a little surprised that in the, the sort of frenzy over these, that these four have not been repackaged into a, yeah. into a single novel. Yep, yep, yep. With like a different name at this point to like make them easier to recognize or buy or, or whatever. Because you are, if you read this first one, it does sort of kind of feel like you were reading a quarter of a book. And it's it's a self, it, it is self-contained in a lot of ways. But if your complaint is, oh, there's not really enough here. Well, guess what? I got good news for you. Like there's more... <laughs> elsewhere that you yeah. can continue reading that yeah. must just be the tour.com thing baby where they're like no 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 people want like chicken nugget books just like bing bang boom give them just pop the books in yeah i just want to eat 10 of them in one sitting and then kind of feel bad about myself yeah. <laughs> but, but not because the individual books were bad but maybe you just had too many just, of them like, cumulatively that's too many chicken nuggets <laughs> um l i wanted to also look at the five star reviews um, a lot of them. I like, don't. I do not have a song for that. No, we don't need a song because they they sing on their I own. I think I would need like a capo to like put it, like bring it, it up. A, yeah, a couple of a couple, of, <laughs> a couple right. of steps. Yeah, just a to lot make of it the cheerier. readers um, seem to identify with being a murderous introvert. <laughs> you know, 
Sure. Uh, L's five-star review says, uh, like the idea of being human and trying not to be human, Murabot lives in a world where it cannot be considered fully human, and as a result, it shuts itself off from other humans and tries to avoid group dynamics altogether. As a result, I love the character of Murderbot so much, and I'm going to rant about this. And then does <laughs> go on to rant about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people just really love this character. People often open their reviews with, well, it had Murderbot in the title, so yeah. I was kind of struck by it. Yeah, that's that's set up to appeal to a certain type of person. <laughs> you know, it's it's a you referenced Terminator earlier and it, it feels like a cheeky like if I was doing a webcomic that was making a Terminator joke, I might use Murderbot in it. Like that uh-huh. is kind of the the little bit of wink and nod to the mm-hmm. genre overall. It's just it's, like a hint of not not quite parody, but it yes. kind of edges up on that a well, little bit. But everything you're, I did not know that Murderbot had seen media in which sec units were portrayed. So like by rolling that in, I think she gets away with the lampshade there. Like you know, she gets away with this kind of cheeky naming mm-hmm. because it's not an in-universe name for that type of robot. It's this character who is like mm-hmm. very aware of how they are perceived mm-hmm. yeah very impressed with this book and i didn't even read it it's yeah it's a cool time there you go <laughs> man i didn't write this book <laughs> this book didn't attack you no it didn't it did not attack me i'm glad that it attacked martha wells i'm glad that yeah. it attacked you but mm-hmm. that you lived to tell the tale yeah didn't murder me no nope. only entertained me entertainment bot entertainment bot um, all right. Well, thanks for reading this book and an extra book as research, Andrew. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Above and beyond here on That's Overdue. Me. That's how I do it. Uh, if you some weeks, <laughs> the listener, sometimes we read a book twice. Sometimes mm-hmm. we read a second book. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just try to get through the book we were assigned. You know, yep. yippity yip. Uh, identify with us. That's all I'm asking. Over send mm-hmm. us an email overduepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media at overduepod. Thanks to Taryn, Evan, Babe, Kate, uh, Marie, Emily, Jamie, many more for reaching out in the past week. Our theme song was composed by Nick Larangis. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? OverduePodcast.com is our internet website. We have the current month's schedule up there. December's right around the corner, Craig. We don't have the full schedule ready yet. Nope. But I'll let you tell the folks what you're going to be reading here in a sec. We also have a Patreon link, patreon.com slash OverduePod. Support the show financially. Your support means the world to us and meaningfully improves our lives yeah. in many ways. Yeah, uh, You get access to our Discord server where you can chat and be part of the uh, Overdue Book Award conversation There's that's apparently some happening. Sort of overdue <laughs> annual Discord Awards that have gotten started. They call it the Odies, which I worry is going to get us in trouble with Jim Davis's people. But no. I don't like our Discord has achieved sentience at this point, much like a murder bot. So yes. I cannot, I can't, I don't know, Jim. Like you don't, <laughs> I don't think you have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Uh, we also do bonus episodes. You can sit in on the recordings of those and then get uh, episodes of our current long read projects early right now. That's Emily Wilson's translation of the Iliad for our series Stop Homer Time. We have the first four books of the Iliad up there now out of a, out of a possible 24 books. Yeah. So follow along with us. It's been a good time so far. 
Yeah. These big, oily, whiny boys are, are pretty fun. God, I so love far. it. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out on the main feed later this week will be our last uh, combo episode for Sand By Me, our Neil Gaiman's The Sandman series. So check that out later this week on the main feed. And then next week, I'll be kicking off December with Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. I'm very excited to read that book. I hear it's about video games. Hmm. And love. And the future, I guess. My two and a half favorite things. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast for another week. And until we hit you next time, please try to be happy. like the logic of you don't have to be a murder bot <laughs> to use this product. Well, you I mean you don't. <laughs> the copy doesn't say not to mention that. <laughs>